so what up you guys welcome to lo designs podcast it is friday and i wanted to introduce this week's guest meet luca cowenhoven um who is a creative director and graphic designer and also the founder of communion studio so tune into this episode where we talk about supporting designers and their mental health hope you guys enjoy and happy friday Okay, so if you'd like to introduce yourself and all the other joy. Hi, my name is uh, Luca Cowenhoven. I'm the founder and creative director of Communion Studio, a creative design studio and creative network um, dedicated to um, connecting queer and uh, BIPOC designers with similar startups and job owners. Uh, we're dedicated to managing talent, cure, you know, curating a vibe, making sure the aesthetic works, but also like promoting positive mental health in the workplace and in the design process um, and creating like stress-free design processes and jobs for young designers. Yeah, I feel like that's important, especially with people like me who have <laughs> been over the edge all the time (laughs) um but about you know you as a designer Mm -hmm. um, individually too you know how would you say you grew up um were you always a creative or was it something that you kind of recently got into you know like your background so you know as a kid you know when hindsight is 2020 like you look back and I'm like the signs are always there like I always was a creative kid um but not in the traditional sense, you know, like I didn't have formal training in a lot of ways. And a lot of people around me didn't know how to manage or kind of push a creative kid in the way that they needed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was just always interested in art. I was always, you know, wanting to do things. I was in every art class, photography class, any of those things. I wasn't the best, but, you know, thinking back on it is because, you know, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD, which makes, you know, it very hard to kind of like focus on one thing. And so I, there were so many things I wanted to do, but I didn't have like the barriers in place to be able to like focus enough to stay and be like, this is the thing I want to do. I just had so much color. I wanted, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. And so um, I just, you know, tried a bunch of things nothing was great no one was like praising my work it wasn't like a prodigy or anything and then my parents moved around a lot and when I moved to South Orange New Jersey in seventh grade my neighbor was actually like a artist uh, like a graphic designer he had photo he taught me photoshop he taught me all those things and we started making these little comics um they were like you take the video they're called sprite comics you take like the video game characters and you put them in backgrounds from different video games like people would splice them up and you like create your own story and so that's where it started with me making those comics and I made a website to promote it and there was just like this whole digital community of people doing it Mm -hmm. um and yeah, so I just got so into that and since then it just you know it was like how do I it was a lot of Photoshop and GeoCities back in the day. It was like how you used to, you know, make websites was 
off Google and this thing called GeoCities. Um, there was no like Squarespace. So it was not like, you know, it was not as user-friendly to make things, but like we got by. Um, a lot of like online forums with video gamers. And it was just like, you know, nobody was doing anything to make money. It was just like, I want to make things here. Like think I'm funny. Um, so I got into that at a really young age. And then, you know, I just didn't, I wasn't like into sports. I wasn't doing any of those things. I just was in front of my computer from a really young age, just being a kid of the internet. And then as it evolved, you know, Tumblr. Tumblr. Um, <laughs> Tumblr, was you know, Tumblr was like a major, major, major thing for me because, you know, for a person with ADHD, you know, especially when you're unaware of it, you know, a lot of things are just stream of consciousness. And so I was just kind of like, it was so beautiful to be able to just like scroll down and you like, you didn't know what you were going to get. But, you know, the the barriers were there. It's kind of like TikTok now when you're like scrolling through it. And, you know, you're like surprised by each thing, but the algorithm kind of learns you. you. Whereas like Tumblr, you are kind of like setting up your own follows and algorithms, but then it's like the people you follow are the ones who inspire you and you kind of see an aesthetic and that's where like memes came from mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But before that, I, because of my skills with the comics and Photoshop and all that, um, when I moved back to Miami, cause that's where I'm originally from. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents moved around a lot. When I moved back to Miami, I was in school and I kept trying to find my place. You know, I did home ec, I did photography, I did this and none of it really like, again, without much focus, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of just drifting everywhere. I was always like, a B student and everything, but I was never like, I never found that thing that made me want to be an A. So then my senior year, I was in a uh, yearbook because, you know, you needed to be in something to get into good colleges. So I was in yearbook and they, that year, they didn't really have anybody who knew how to work any of the programs like in design or anything like that. So somehow I can't even remember now, I ended up you know, helping out with design. And then I got promoted to design director, mm-hmm. which, you know, in your first year of your book is unheard of. I, I don't even think that role existed. They like made it up for me. <laughs> like, so, I, like you're I the special one. <laughs> the, so I could handle all the design. And then the editor in chief got to, you know, handle everything else. So we kind of like worked together. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been in your book for three years. I was my first year. So that was kind of, where I started being like, okay, well, this is the one thing that has stayed consistently like coming in my life that I'm doing and people seem to be responding to it and like my, you know, my ideas. So that's when I decided to go to college, I was going to do advertising, but that was a rough one because I wasn't sure how I, you know, this industry is so hard because like, I don't think I ever wanted to be a graphic designer mm-hmm. as people made it sound like that was not a job that you it's made like, a lot of money. It's like a hobby. Yeah. You know, it's like a hobby. It's like a, you're sitting at home and you're creating graphics. Cool. But you need to be in finance or you need to be in this. You have to learn English. So I kind of never gave it enough. like that confidence that I could do something so it was a lot of 
you know, fear of being like, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to spend all this money on college to get a degree in something that is not going to make me a lot of money, you know? And then I have to, what, student loans, all that stuff. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't like sugarcoating. Like school is expensive. It um, is. And even in that time, like that's, that's, a, that's another reason why I do so many things too. They're like, oh, you have a plan, you have a job. Da, da, da. It's like, yeah, because I have student loans to pay after this. And I don't like to get into this idea like, you know, like school is all these magical things. And then once you get out, you'll be fine. Like, I'm just trying to set myself up so I can be fine while I'm doing it. And once I get out, instead of getting out of school and worrying about it later. Um, but, you know, that 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 scrappiness is so beautiful of a journey. You again, I one of the biggest things I would love to just kind of share with people is to give yourself some grace and like really sit down and and be confident in yourself because you're going to spend a lot of years on instinct doing really great stuff, but you're not going to be you're not going to be present enough to be looking at it and be like, wow, I'm actually doing so much more than most people. Right. Mm -hmm. Because as a graphic designer, you are problem solving every second, every day, and you're able to design, you know, like take you, for example, you're designing podcasting, you're in school, you're doing a lot of things, um, putting yourself out there, being scrappy. And like people don't, normal people don't do that mm -hmm. at this creative and you know, it's so subjective mm -hmm. that people who are in very defined, I'm going to be a doctor. This is the path. People have blazed these trails before. It's very one plus one equals two. For sure, this is going to lead somewhere. Whereas what we do is a lot more subjective. And because of that, there's a lot of anxiety. You're not sure. Mm -hmm. But to be very honest with you, that means there's no rules. Like the, the ceiling is so high and the capabilities of what we can do is just endless. And so that scares people. So that's why we are, you know, kind of beaten down because people are afraid of what they don't know. And if you don't know what you can do, you know what I mean? It's like the big void out there. How are you supposed to be able to attack it or go through it? But deciding on the path that you are on right now is so major it's the most courageous thing because you're like well I'm gonna do something that I feel like I'm good at rather than because for me I ran this you know I changed my major five times changed schools a bunch of times because I was like oh I want to go to Parsons oh no 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 I you know I was supposed to go to SCAD and then I just like had a breakdown right before and then I went to the University of Central Florida which was fine but like I didn't learn anything new there in terms of my craft mm -hmm. um but I will say for you know glimmer of hope I have always made more money than all of my friends besides the ones who went into like finance but I made more money than most of my friends faster um and I got to enjoy my 20s in a way that people were like always, you know, like what state are you in? What country are you in? Because I was always traveling because I could always work remote. It's beautiful. I'm you starting to notice the beauty of that. Um, but I didn't put enough thought into my mental health or the process 
you know, if I was confident enough in myself to be able to say, yes, no, this is how we do it. You know, trust my vision. You, you know, I know what I'm doing. I would have saved myself so much anxiety because on those trips, I was working the whole time. You know, I would go out and then be on my computer because of the time zone difference, getting things to people, making edits and all that stuff. Because I didn't set up the boundaries that a designer needed, mm. that I needed. I was just kind of like, work is coming. I'm going to do it. I'm a people pleaser. I'm just going to please that's everyone. What I, that, that's another issue I'm having too. Like, how do you set those boundaries and not feel like, guilty or how do you just basically how do you set boundaries period because I feel like when I get work I'm like all right it needs to get done today right now this second and then I'm like okay you need to like and then I have other people telling me you need to manage your time and you need to do this but then other but then it's like you have those people pleasing moments where you want to design them design them for them ASAP because you don't want to waste more time doing something else so you're like okay let me get this now like how do you set those boundaries so it took me a very long time to learn that. Um, a good therapist is a good one. <laughs> it's also very important. It's the boundaries are set at the initial launch of this project. Mm. And that's something I, so I would usually get, you know, be so happy that somebody referred someone to me, you know, be like, oh, wow. Um, they really want to work with me like okay like they don't know that you know my secrets and you know it's kind of like when you're you know you meet someone and you really like them and you're like confused as to why they like you yes. um, so it's the initial it's like no this person came to me because they respect my talent they don't know what they're doing mm -hmm. so, but it's about setting those boundaries when you first meet a client you know what I mean like manage expectations hey okay I can do that. This is how I work. This is how many hours this kind of would take me. Um, this is the frequency of how I would like, you know, it's also about setting up yourself and really thinking about how you work as a person and being confident that how you work works for you and not thinking about other people and how other agencies work. You know your talent, you have the work, they responded to it. So whatever you did to get that work done, think about it and how you did it in the best way possible. So for me, now I, you know, meet the client, we vibe, we become friends, I get to know them. I have my own project management system that I have set up that works for me because a bunch of emails, everything gets lost. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I have emails coming from promotions, I have this, I, I, I have to compartmentalize everything. So that's a big one for me. Um, when clients email me, I'm like, please put this on the system. Even I, I see you emailed it here, but you know, if you email it here, it will get lost. My brain is ADHD. I can't do this. You gotta be but honest it, too. But that's but that's boundaries, you know, mm -hmm. in everything in life, dating, you know, like you a person. You tell a person how you want to be loved or how you want to be respected. They're not going to know. And a lot of people, especially in the service industry, are going to try to take advantage of you. So you have to put the boundaries in there yourself saying, hey, this is how I want to be. This is how you are get the best work out of me. And if you don't follow that process. It's just going to fail. <laughs> it's going to fail, you know, um, and it's being very honest. Hey, these are the hours I like to work, you know. 
here's a big example. I spent so many years being so um, hard on myself about like working late, you know, that, you know, 3 a.m. I'll be designing something. But at 3 a.m. is when nobody is asking me for things, hitting me up. So I can just focus on what I'm doing, play my music, be in my vibe Mm -hmm. um, and get the best work. And that's when I get the best work done. But during the day when everybody is asking for edits, asking for things, you know, like there's so much starts to happen. And it's like, I can't give things the love that they need. So, you know, so building that boundary, being like, hey, listen, okay, you'll get it at this time. Maybe you'll see some emails from me at 3 a.m. in the morning, but (laughs) my process works. But you're creative. You don't live in the box that most people live in. And like they always say, think outside the box. You don't live in that box. So, you know, make your own box Mm -hmm. and be the person commanding the show. Mm -hmm. That's boundaries. I get moments where I forget. I, this is the thing. I say to myself, you have to set boundaries, you know, I really do it. And then it's just, sometimes opportunities will come and then I want to take them all. I'm like, okay, I want to do everything. And then one of my friends was saying how, you know, you don't have to accept every single opportunity that you get. But then it's also like, even back to like the loans thing too, like, you know, you have this burden of like, you need to pay off your loans or you need money to save up for this or, and even if you're like an, even someone as young as me too, I still think about that at the same time. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to spread myself too thin, but then it's like, I don't want to take nothing because I need to do something. Um, but that's the thing. It's just, it could be so frustrating at times. And it's like, I don't know what the like future holds, but all I know is like, I think that's true too, of, um, managing your schedule and being honest. I think just being honest in itself will set you further more than just like not saying nothing and being like, Oh, okay. Like every Disney movie, that one thing that you lie about or keep secret and then it eventually becomes that tiny thing that becomes bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. um i and that is a learning thing you will do it it will happen you will get overwhelmed but you have to do that to learn you know you don't know the boundary you have until somebody crosses it that's true right? <laughs> so like again it's giving yourself grace for me um i had a client that completely took my boundaries and just ran and you know what I mean like it was it was next level of what they were doing but they were paying me so much money that like I didn't feel you know it just got bigger and this small thing where it was like I could have put boundaries in but because they were my they were my first client they were paying me so much money I was like oh and I felt almost indebted to them yes like you have to do it (laughs) but it just became it made me want to quit design after a certain point I was I wanted to go into real estate because I was like, I cannot do this anymore because I never spoke up or when I, I felt when I did, they kind of made it seem like I was replaceable mm-hmm. and I'm not, that's the biggest thing that to learn. It's like, you're not, but there is a fine line between being cocky and being confident uh-huh. and being confident means you are able to take critique you are able to listen, but always know your power, but listen and also be able to like see the vision in front of you. Um, You know, I've interviewed a lot of people for communion, a lot of young kids, especially from SVA. And, you know, I'm learning too as I go on, but 
that hunger, uh, you know, putting your trust in someone being like that hunger being, I was where you were. I know where I want to go. And I know that I, what stopped me from getting there was kind of being scared money-wise doing all the things. Listen, when you love what you do and you're good at it, money will come. So, you know, a lot of kids are like, oh, I don't know. I need to go work at this thing. I need to, I need to do these things. But it's like, who told you you needed to do those things? You know, what do you want to do? What is the dream job? So, you know, some clients, some people are startups. Think about it. A young person, when you started, you can't, you don't make a lot of money. You, you're making money, but it's not the most, but the potential is there. You see the path in front of you. And so, you know, you get caught up in the details because you're like, the the unknown scares you but again our job is the unknown when we open up that illustrator page is a big blank canvas of unknown we get to dictate what's on it and we move this here we put things there we remove it out we take it out and so looking at problems like that and being like how can I make this problem work for me mm-hmm. instead of it being a reason for you to you know control alt delete is really important so you know even meeting with you like when we first met, like we talked and we understand, you know, we we bonded being on being biracial, being graphic designers, you know, I've been exactly where you are. Um, And just that jump of being, you know, messaging this post on SVA that isn't a big agency or anything like that, like, that was a, a jump into the unknown, but you saw how you couldn't take something small you know, jumping in on something like that and being able to make it work for you. Rather, you know, you go to a big agency, okay, you go to an agency, you get agency experience, but like, it's so big, you're just kind of going along this path. They're going to give you the work they don't really want to do. You're not going to really be touching much big projects. You're not going to be sitting in meetings with people who, you know, you get to network with and really be able to own, I did this design. This is why I did this or why I did that. And the biggest part of this job is networking with people and being able to be like, hey, we're friends. So when they think about the creative things that they can't handle themselves, they call you and say, hey, can you do this? And the ball just keeps going. Mm -hmm. But when you go work at a big agency, everybody there is been where you are they've done what you're doing and they're going to talk down to you and they're going to make you fit the mold that they want. You know what I mean? And then you just become another one of them. And then all their bad habits, all their bad design skills, all this, you know, you leave there thinking that's the rule. That's how things should be. Mm-hmm. And then you've just completely lost your own confidence because you've gained somebody else's style and aesthetic. Um, and so that's a big thing. I've been blessed by God that like a lot of those jobs didn't work out for me. You know, I interviewed, I was better than every candidate. My ideas were better. Um, I was like, so, cause when I'm hyper-focused on something, nothing can stop me, but it just never worked out. It just, you know, there was always, it was never, I didn't get a job. There was just always this uh, you, you, you might get bored of this job because I just was so talented. They were like, you know, this small role, you're going to come and quit or you're going to get bored or anything like that, which I thought was so weird. I was just about to say, so you're, you're so passionate. You know, that you you know when people job. say that, you know, 
you're overqualified for the role. Mm-hmm. It's like some weird, I don't know what it meant, but I'm glad it happened because it put me in very toxic situations that taught me a lot about mm-hmm. myself and becoming scrappy. And now I'm able to be empathetic and go back and be like, for someone like you, hey, this roadblock, this thing, I can give advice and I can bring people along because I don't ever want anybody to feel the trauma and like the stress and the fear I felt when I was working. Because, you know, especially when you're entry level, they're paying you nothing, expecting everything. That's the problem (laughs) too. Like the, like, I don't, I hate when um people hire interns and then it's like that's their job that's how they feel like they're entitled to do Wilson I'm paying you something I'm like well it's not enough and then you express that well they're like well, what do you want then it's like to be treated like at you know not below the mm-hmm. earth you know and I don't know I feel like th- I feel like I want to also do like another podcast on this topic too because I feel like a lot of interns feel that way and it's just not being said just because they feel that they can't say it because in you know just because they have jobs or they don't want to lose their positions because they don't want to be put on the spotlight. Like, well, how do you really feel about your internship? Because being unpaid or being all that, I'm just starting to notice like, okay, that shit needs to stop. Like we are in what year and inflation is going up and you're telling me that I can't get paid, but I have to do all this work for you. Would you do that? And I don't know. It's like equality thing that just, it burst my bubble. Like, I don't know. I went through something like last semester and it wasn't that it was unpaid, but I felt that it was something So just because I'm getting something, you know, I can do it right. But then it's like, you know, they email you at weird times or you get like the the calls when you're unavailable and they still call you. And it's like, okay. so then you don't even feel motivated to do the work anymore because you're like this person can't even like, you know, listen to my boundaries or see the boundaries I already set. So if they're not going to do that, why the hell do I want to make work? And then it's like you're like this job was a waste of time in the whole process. It was supposed to be a learning experience, they say. Like you yeah. can't eat college credit. I don't get what people say that. And the funny part about it is, you know, in this time now, it's, you know, there's a lot of laws and there's just been all this stuff coming out with internships. And now, you know, a lot of people are like, you should, you know, I think it's illegal in New York to intern and not get something. Mm-hmm. When I was younger and I was in college, that was not, you know, getting paid for an internship was on a, like it was weird it was not <laughs> the thing and I had so many internships I was always I just couldn't school I was like this I don't like working on things that don't mean anything you know so these what mock if, projects yes. we're doing this, you know like this like arbitrary thing we're doing like d- no what if this happened? I, I got an internship. I was working for Miami Magazine doing a lot of, you know, because I need a little bit of, I need praise when I'm doing stuff. You know, I want some people to be like, that's where, oh my God, that's great. And then as you do it, you realize that these people don't actually know, especially for what we do. Like people don't know what they're doing. So they don't even know how to manage us, right? So <laughs> if you really think about internships or anything in life as dating, right? If you go if you meet somebody, right, that you really, you're like, oh my God, this person, you idolize them and they give you a little bit, you know, you're just like, I'm just so happy they gave me this little bit. (laughs) Think about that, like how crazy that, you know, that sounds and how toxic that will eventually be. Um, Whereas an internship, there has to be that middle ground of you. I saw you, I liked your work. 
I see the potential that you are going. So it's also, it's actually more on the responsibility of that job to manage you and be able to teach you, think of it like an apprenticeship, right? So if you're not a good craftsman, your apprentice is not going to be, you know, if you can't, don't, don't try to teach people if you don't know how to teach, you know, like it, it, it just, it's just, you're just trying to get free work mm. and slave labor. That's like, honestly, like a sweatshop. It Whereas, really you know, because yes, there is a, there is a level of respect because I need you to be willing to learn. You know, I am the expert. You come here to learn, but me just giving you all the things I don't want to do, making you go get my laundry, good. So like, that is not healthy. And then also what I have learned is I'm usually smarter than the people I've been working for. So like when I'm doing the work, they're like, oh my God. But then like somehow now you have decided, you know, I was, I had a bit of like a chip on my shoulder, but I've always been very humble and I've never known, I've never been, I was never really confident in myself. So it was very easy to take a lot of internship jobs that people didn't really have much structure or they didn't really know what they wanted. And that's a big thing to learn. A lot of clients do this whole thing where it's, I don't know what I want, but I'll know it when I see it. Mm -mm. So it's like, okay, well, if you don't know yourself, how am I supposed to even know how to like, please or do anything for you? How am I supposed to love you or, you know, of that? So I worked at an internship once when I was in Florida at this uh, news station because, you know, I was trying everything. I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. So I was working at this news station at their creative department. And I went there. I drove there every day. They paid me no money. I had to pay, you know, the tolls, buy my own lunch. It was very boring. But it was for this channel that worked with the CW. So I was like, oh, my God, Vampire Diaries. It's not going to be Fulton TV. It's going to be so much fun. It was none of that. It was really just (laughs) plugging in, like, ads into the system for and then just doing like random tasks the manager had no structure for the internship so it was very much about me coming there and finding things to do every day I would come and sit there and then so we you know I kind of spearheaded we did we made a commercial me and the other interns kind of would come and think of things and I really have nothing from there to put in my portfolio to say I did anything. I had done some creative things here because no one there knew how to use certain programs. So it was very scrappy, but it was at this new station. So it looked really good on my resume. Mm -hmm. At the end of the internship, after I've driven to this place, I've put so much into this. It was when Obama got elected the second time. So um, I was in the newsroom. I I was doing so many things. And at the end, we had to give that interview, you know, your leaving interview. And he's giving me feedback on the whole internship. And he's like, you know, you did some cool things, but it wasn't consistent. And like, you were always on your phone. And I looked at him like, we, I was always on my phone because there was nothing to do. Give me something. (laughs) if, If there was things to do, I wouldn't have been on my phone. But I was on my phone because you didn't 
really, you know, we came in days and it, it would be like, oh, me, you know, I was an afterthought. You weren't actually using me to be able to train me to be somebody who, you know, like, show me why you love this job. You probably don't even love the job. You don't even know what you're doing. So, and then, you know, for the other people there it was very much a, I come in, I sit down. This is how I put things into this computer. That's not what a creative, you know, like that is a, that's not a creative. Okay, cool. Like I can put I can put commercials into an Excel spreadsheet and upload it to a system. Cool. So I ended up having to become friends with different people in different parts of that place um, and being able to just share ideas. You know, I'm really good at conceptualizing strategy and stuff. So it was a learning experience for me there being like, oh, no, an, an internship is what I'm going to make it. And nobody is going to and nobody's going to make me feel bad about it but I had nothing to show for my portfolio. That was the part that killed me. I was like, I spent so much time here. I'm like, what do I add into this? I mean, I gained experience that I know of, but visually, what am I going to show people that this did? Um, yeah, so that's, a, that's another portion too that people don't realize about internships. It's like, we go in there to, you know, not only gain skills, but also to come up with work that like, we can show to other people like, hey, I worked for here and this is some work that we worked on. And then when you don't do nothing, it's like all these projects that could have been, should have been in your portfolio are just wasted just because you didn't give me anything or you gave me work that had nothing to do with my creative field. It was just like Microsoft design shit. And it's or there's the or the dark other one where it's they couldn't figure out how to do something. You know, what they were doing wasn't working. So now it's like, I'm so frustrated with this. I can't figure it out. The expert who is supposed to be the expert can't figure it out. So you should now figure it out. And then it's become your burden now to somehow solve the riddle that people who have been working in this industry for how many years are too busy to solve. And then now it's become your burden. Listen, your burden becomes, you know, I figured it out. And those projects have become the ones that, you know, they took a lot out of me, but they taught me a lot because it really just removed that fourth wall of being like, oh, you actually aren't as on this pedestal that I thought you were. But it's really hard on, you know, the mind. You would have to be a very wise, mature, emotionally mature young person to see through that. I didn't have the puzzle pieces until now. I look back and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, so I started moving on instinct and I was bouncing here and there, but it came with so much anxiety and trauma that, you know, some of those projects I look back on and it didn't have that love that I wanted. So it's like hard to even like want to put it on my portfolio. Mm-hmm. It only until recently, some of my projects on my website, I looked at it and I was like, okay, how can I like take this thing that I'm not really proud of and present it and show you how I can now I'm going to show you how I want to be proud of it so internships are really important but they can be really really hard because it might make you hate your job because a bad manager will make you question yourself be like oh maybe I'm not good enough for this you know am I going to run into these people again but don't let that if this is you know this is a job that you can make it be whatever you want it to be as long as you're willing to you know have some empathy um be scrappy and be and learn how to be confident in yourself and how to make this work for you I was always looking for something else when it was always right in front of me and so that's a big lesson that I've learned this year it's like oh no like this is the thing it's been like this like guiding hand 
through my whole life, it was the one thing that always worked out. And I just like got better and better and better. And I didn't even realize it. And now that I'm focused and confident, like I could just see the path ahead of me and I see it for you. And I see it for, you know, people who really are, as long as they're humble and willing to do it, but also being honest and being able to ask for, ask questions and ask for help. That was a big one for me. I didn't know how to ask for help. So I did it all myself. And then it just became this overwhelming, but now being able to ask for help, I'm able to be like, okay, I know I'm really good at this. So, you know, I want to do a, I don't know how to do a podcast, but I know I listen to podcasts all the time. I know how to do this. So it's like, okay, she does this. So, Hey, can you help me do this? Have being able to even be someone younger, someone in, I'm asking, you know, like someone in college, they're like, Hey, how do you do this? Like you have the idea, you know, you're young, you're more, um, and on the internet, like tech and all that stuff, like, how can you do this? And then let's meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. So it's like the yeah. agreement question too. Mm-hmm. And also like another question. Um, so we always talk about this on this podcast. Um, and the question is, will always be, you know, what do you struggle with as a creative in your struggles? Even though there's probably a million other things that you struggle with, your main one, I guess, that you could think of. My biggest struggle is... My biggest struggle is comparing myself to other people mm. with Instagram, with Tumblr. It, it was comparing myself to other people, mm. being like, oh, my work is not going to look as good as theirs. Um, and deleting Instagram for a month to kind of like launch communion and all that stuff was major because it was just me. I didn't have to go... You know, I wasn't being served all the time with work that was better than mine. I could just be like, okay, I know what I want and how the, this is the lane I want to be in, but, but interacting with inspo when I wanted to, okay, so I don't know how to do this. Let me go on, you know, and search and see, get inspiration. Okay. Let me come back. That's was my first major problem. The second one was sometimes I want to do something, but I don't have this, the skills to do it. So learning to ask for help. Yes, that's a hard one. It's a big one because it's like, okay, as a designer, I feel I should know how to do all the things. I need to be able to know how to use Photoshop, After Effects, InDesign. (laughs) The whole whole Adobe suite. Do all that stuff. And the biggest problem there was that, you know, After Effects takes a really long time. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to notice that now. <laughs> people are, you know, you realize that a lot of people are specialized within their own industry. Graphic designers do graphics. Motion designers do motion. Product designers do product. And you can go in that way. I, my dreams are a lot bigger. I want to be a creative director. So, you know, I mean, I am a creative director, but I always wanted to be like, be able to have ideas. So sometimes I get stuck like, okay, well, I really want this thing to look this way. I really want to do this. I want the video to do this. I want it to lazy load, but I don't have the skills to do it. Um, so then I go on YouTube and I try to learn how to DIY it myself. And then I got frustrated because now I have to learn a whole new system. You know, I was going to teach myself Blender the other day because I was like, I want to be able to, learn 3D 3D. Model, yes. to 3D model something that's in my head. And I can do that. I mean, I learned how to use all these programs. I could do it, but you know, as 
I get older and I have more things going on, do I really do do I need to go and sit and learn a whole new program? Some people, that's their thing. But I want to be able to like conceptualize the whole thing, see the vibe, put it down. And yes, I do think it's worth, you know, having a basis and learning how things are, but it's a really about being able to like step back and say, okay, I want to get this thing done. Who do I know? How can I meet? How can I work with somebody to make sure this vision gets where it is? Because it's all about teamwork and it's all about, you know, everyone around you being able to like, okay, you are the best event person for this. I know you know the intric, you know, you could take this to the next level because that's what a graphic designer should be. You come to me, you have a vision of a brand. You don't really have like, you know, it tangible in your mind, but you come, you give me, you know, the little creative brief. And then I take it, I learn it, and then I give it back to you and say like how we can make it better. And then you give your critique and I always come back to you with one step better. You know, you want a person to be like, oh my God, wow. Mm. A lot yeah, of the time- how do you, I was gonna ask that too, sorry to interrupt. I was gonna ask too, like, how is it like working on a team? I feel like that's kind of something, that skill that's like been hard for me. Just cause when you work by yourself, you're so used to working by yourself. So when it comes to working by yourself, but like hiring other people or asking other people to collab with you, like how do you do that process too? Um, I love doing things. With, I, you know, I love people. I love socializing. I, I know some people just like to be in their own, but I like to get different perspectives, but it's hard to, it's, you have to want to learn how to like take it, take people's advice with a grain of salt mm. instead of, you know, being, you know, you work on a team, everybody has different perspectives of where they come from. They have different backgrounds um experience levels so it's kind of finding the meshing with the right people and learning how to be not so don't be so um committed to the work Mm. do what you want you know put it on the page this is you know why I did things do things with intention but being able to be like what do you think of this and get their opinion and always keep in your mind like I did this because of this when they're like I don't really like that color you you know be humble and be like well I chose blue because blue is this and it does this and it does this and then if their response is like well I still don't like it you know you know you kind of be always respectful and everything you but you challenge it but getting a different perspective being like you know you may think blue is but it's kind of overwhelming my eye if they can kind of give you good feedback that you respect, you know, it makes the work even better because it gets you out of your own mind. And also is being able, again, being able to ask for help, being like, I'm, I'm struggling with how to make this work. I know I'm good at this usually, but this one is just not working for me. What do you think? And, you know, giving that person space to be able to give critique and not take it personal and all that stuff it can be hard especially with the things you do you're like I love I did this so well but just know I my mom always said to me as a kid because I would she would my mom would make a comment and I would get really offended my parents parents can be very like um you know I show them something the first comment that they're gonna make is a negative but you know it took me a long time to realize it wasn't that they were saying it because like they're being mean to me it was like no okay so I know what you want to do but like you know 
I'm gonna, I see this mistake first, I'm gonna call it out so you can fix it so it can be whatever. But I'm like, there's a compliment sandwich. <laughs> yes. See what I did, be like, wow, that's really nice. Oh, okay, there's a typo there. <laughs> it's you know what I mean? But like, but I would take it personally and it would, I would, you know, I would be offended because I, it, I felt like the work was part of me. Like you just offended me, but it's like, no, you didn't offend me. Mm-hmm. You are, it's coming from a place of love you know, especially if you give somebody that respect of asking them, what do you think of this? Um, granted, now, I sometimes I show work to people. I didn't ask for your opinion. No, no, no they give it. And I'm like, well, I didn't ask for it. <laughs> that's different. Yes. But, you know, that's different, but if you, I'm like, hey, I would love for you to look at this and tell me what you think, because I want to make it better. And when they make comments, be like, it comes from a place of love. But it's also taking it with a grain of salt, being like, does this person, you know, especially for what they're calling out you know I'm not gonna have my mom decide certain things because she's not a designer she doesn't know she you know like certain (laughs) words or things you do so working on a team I love doing it because it gets me and when I you know I love being able to show people things in real time like what do you think of this what do you think of this but um it it was hard for a long time because I was you know as soon throughout the whole process they'd be like oh but they didn't see my vision Mm -hmm. so you have to learn how to okay get it all and the biggest advice I'll give you get it on the page get it all out try to communicate it as much as possible what's in your head and so when they look at it they get like the full kind of story because I was doing like I'll give you pieces here here and there but then I had to explain myself oh well I was gonna do this Mm -hmm. it's like well why didn't you do it before you showed me this Mm -hmm. and so that was a big one for me so always kind of like get, just get it out on the page more on the page and then you can edit down rather than having to edit up. Yeah, that's true. Just like get everything out and just splurge it all. But another thing that I have been trying to struggle with myself too is like learning how to accept feedback because I think being, especially being in like design school too, it's like every single class you get, it's always a critique or it's always a this. So obviously like that's, I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize when going to like a school like that it's really more focused on getting feedback rather than just being taught the actual craft itself sometimes and that can be a problem too but mainly learning how to accept be- feedback is what we're you know being taught but with all these classes and all these things I still have the problem even with my portfolio like I don't want to ask for help or I don't want to ask questions but then I'll and then I'll get into moments where I compare myself and then I'm like oh my work's not good and da, da, da. but then it's someone would ask me what well, did you ask for help or you know have you asked people to look at it I'm like no because I don't want to hear the critique it's feedback fear. It's, it's fear it's anxiety you know mm-hmm. um your anxiety is lying to you yes <laughs> it's the big thing that you should always remember your, your anxiety is lying to you um try to meditate find your wise mind you know like I, I highly recommend looking up the wise mind and the difference between like the emotional the rational and the wise it's like it meets in the middle the biggest thing you should learn in school is how to take criticism and not take it home with you. That's my issue. <laughs> you know, all that money you're spending, that's all it is. Because you taught, you you know, probably got, you've already kind of like taught yourself how to do a lot of things. A lot of the things you're learning in school, you probably will never use later. Um, that kind of format, 
is weird. Art school is better. I think SVA is really good with that because it's like you're getting real art school experience. But a lot of people who are in like regular universities and stuff like that, that doesn't, you know, that whole, it didn't make sense. It, 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 for me, I was like, this is whatever. But, and the stakes are not that high. Like it just, but being able to get something, you know, put try your hardest at something give it to someone be like hey okay so i'm 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 being willing to make mistakes and have somebody fix them because that way you learn mm-hmm. okay and i say that as a person who has struggled with exactly what you're talking about <laughs> i still to this day when i send somebody something that i like say i was like oh yes and they make a fee, especially if somebody I love and they yes. comment negative on it. My first like flair is to be like, oh, like, <laughs> yes. but like why? I asked for your opinion and now I can look at it and decide if that thing that they're saying, I want to work, you know, if I feel like that is worth changing, but always be in a space of willing to change because when you work with clients, you know, I can design a whole thing, be like, I chose this color for this reason, the color theory behind it, you know, this makes people feel this way. But some clients will be like, well, I love pink. <laughs> and that's I it. Yeah. This thing once and I love pink. Pink is for me. They're paying you. So you're going to have to like love pink too. <laughs> to, you don't have to love it, but you have to make it work. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you'd be like, well, in my, you know, expert opinion that I think this should be blue you know but you know just so you know I'm doing this because you you know I'm trusting you you're the client this is for you so here you go that is that that is like that creative direction too Mm -hmm. and that how do you do that I feel like I'm asking so many questions questions. but how do you do that too as far as like being a creative expert and like you know we've all had this like that client that is very harsh and they're very sticking they're sticking to what they want but how do you give that creative direction in a way where you know you're able to persuade them or change their mind in a way so they can understand okay like my expertise is like this like is it those little words that just make it little I mean it's little words it's also not being aggressive you know Mm -hmm. it's you know maybe you might need to be with certain people but for me it's always like hey listen like from my experience it's about communicating well Mm -hmm. from my experience and like this is all the thought that went into this thing you know like I have found that, you know, sometimes I'm not great with words. I have not been the best with words in the past because my brain works so fast. And, I, you know, I assumed some people just knew things I didn't or, you know, or certain things where you're like, how do you not know this? Like, duh. <laughs> um, so it's about really being able to, you know, create okay, so I chose this for these reasons. And if you chose something off a whim and you cannot validate it, then your ground is already shaky. You know what I mean? So like you both, both of you can't really do it. You know, what are you doing? But if you can be like, I did this because of this, do this, here is why. And from my, you know, professional opinion, you know, you hired me as a person, you know, because of my knowledge and because of my aesthetic, and because of you know my experience and from my I just feel like this trust me on this like you know it's like 
getting somebody to trust you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't even trust what the hell you're doing, like then, how then is that person going to do it? And so it's just about having that real conversation. I'm all about like authenticity and being real with somebody being like, Hey, listen, like all of my clients are my friends. You know, I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I really build that relationship. I, I really can't do the, corporate. You know, that corporate kind of thing where we're all like, kind of like looking to just make each other feel bad. Um, no, it's not like that, but because when we have that, that flow and that trust, you know, and always communicating, being like, especially if you're going to be late for something or you're going to be this, you always just check and be like, hey, I'm so sorry. I know I was supposed to, you know, the deadline was at this time, but, you know, I got inspiration or I got busy here. I'm going to work on this and I'll, you know, always keep communicating and you'll always be. So I like to do decks, you know, like um, I, I I showed it to you. I'm, I'm throwing a party in New York. I really, I have this idea in my head. I It's there. I, I know I'm confident in it. You put it in the deck, you know, you try to give as much, you color as possible so I you know I made a playlist I I wrote a summary I mocked up you know inspo for the flyers I gave you a mood board I gave you like so many things so like any of those questions or any of those concerns that you have they're answered in there before you even have to talk to me Mm -hmm. to have to explain more and so if you do that you will always win you know what I mean like it, and, and people think it takes so much more than it does, but it's about, here's this logo. Here's how the logo becomes a logo mark. Here's how we can use it in a, uh, like a pattern. Um, I chose these colors. Here's like pictures of a mood board that um, show you um, the vibe. And so I picked colors from each of these things to give you that emotion that you want. Um, and these are the reasons why I did this. If that person sees all that and is like, but I like pink, you're like, okay, you like pink. And then you, you, that becomes your next problem. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, so how can I make the pink work, but still be true to myself? Don't go and be like, well, I'm going to just make this thing ugly. So you see, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because then they'll be like, well, you didn't even really try, but I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to show you this in pink or what you can do is you show them just put it in pink but like okay well if you like pink maybe if we did it this way it'll work so you can be happy with the work so you can put it in your portfolio Mm, because if you if you hate it you all that work you just did especially like for me I had a lot of times where I would design something I thought it was beautiful I knew it was great the person was like well we're gonna change it and then like their website goes up my portfolio shows the thing I wanted to do and then theirs goes up, but it's like, it's kind of like sometimes, and this is only sometimes, it kind of feels like you're kind of like insulting the client. <laughs> like, oh, I, look, this is what I have told them. They went and did that. It's like, there's a fine line of kind of being there, mm-hmm. um, especially as some clients, it's like they wouldn't want you to put up, you know, the other stuff. It's only rare that that ever really happens, but that can be a thing where, you know, the client website launched, they did everything, they have all the stuff go up and then I come in and I just show like a better, you know, something different. And like, they're like, you know, what are you doing here? 
and then you can kind of like lose that that relationship and you always want to keep relationships as you know you really I mean some people will try to disrespect you and you always respect yourself but never let don't ever let your ego get in the way and make a, a relationship sour because you don't know what you know don't be rude to anyone always be very humble very respectful but confident in yourself because you don't want to ruin it you don't want to burn any bridges because you don't know what that bridge could have could what work could have done now gotten you in the future mm-hmm. that's true um and another question too i wanted to also like just ask you questions about your studio like um even you know you supporting bipoc creators other creators i think that's amazing um but what was what is the process like like how is the process you know starting up your studio what is you know as a young designer how is yeah, it it's been <laughs> it's been it's been a long one because when i started you know, I just quit my job because I was going to move to New York and get one of those agency jobs because I didn't have the confidence to be like, oh, I can do this myself, you know. And then I, when I quit, my job at the time was like, oh, well, can you just please, can we just hire your own retainer and you do it? You know, you can go be whatever you want. Just, you know, we don't want to have to go go through this job because finding good design work is hard. Um, especially when you like work with somebody and they know the aesthetic and now you have to go teach somebody else and then go start all over again Mm -hmm. and then it just snowballed from there but then again I like I said I didn't put in the processes so I just started getting a whole bunch of work I was just taking on every oh do everything and like my mental health was not and so for years it was just a struggle because then work graphic design became a my burden rather than my like job I didn't wake up every day loving what I did. And so you would kind of see it in the work. And then I struggled because I was like, okay, well, do I brand myself? Is it like, you know, my name? And you see all these people online who have like beautiful websites and they have all these awards. And again, it's the comparing yourself. Yes. So I'm like, okay, what's well, so I go with my name? But then I was like, well, I don't really want it to be my name. I want to build something. And I could never find the name of a, you know, and then I was like, is it weird that I'm going to have a, a graphic design studio? Um, it's just me, but it, you know, is that going to SEO and all that stuff? I want, I went through so many, I went through, it was called independent study. It was called, I wanted to be lover boy something. And, um, and so I, I did that. It was studio Pascal. It was studio that, you know, it was, it was all over the place. And then, but over kind of like that, going around it I was always my friend's go-to person to make their logos to make their this can you do this can you do this um and and then I would work freelance in certain agencies and then when when they needed me I was always like uh, coming in and helping here and helping here um and then at some point I woke up and every one of my friends had become like their own business and their own freelancer and had made so many logos and I had been a part of so many projects. And so then I was like, it's it's stressful to pick like the logo that fits me being like my name. And this is yeah. where I'm going to go with. Um, I think every designer struggles with that. But if I kind of disassociated myself from it and had this business, because everyone, I, everything I was working on, I was working on with other people. So in a way, I was always on a curated team for the project. 
So um, I, f- I had decided, oh, then I had gotten to this point where I was designing a bunch of things, but nothing mattered. Mm. You know, I was like, I'm making a bunch of email blasts. I'm making a bunch of this, but nothing mattered. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to go into experiential because at least when I create something, I love partying. I love dancing. I love music. Um, I, how, how do I get that to be? Cause I always wanted to be like at Nike. I want to be doing it. You know, I wanted to be, uh, is this how you find your, like, find your niche in a way too? Cause it, it, like, that's another question I was going to ask. Like, how do you find the projects that you actually want to work on and not get clients who are asking you to do things that you don't want to do really? It's about looking at your life. Yeah. You know, what are the things that you enjoy doing, you know, as hobbies? Graphic design was a hobby that we all came to. So it was like to try to graphic design and go work at like a financial tech company or something like, like you're not going to be happy with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I love music. I love TV. I love fashion. I love design. I love having fun. So it took a long time for me because I was like, well, I need to be serious. Yes. <laughs> but then you look at your friends who are working at like Adidas. My friends work at Spotify. My friend works at this. And they were very much settled in the, I want to work in this thing. So they just like did that. Like, How do you end up at Netflix? How do you get these really fun jobs? Um, obviously you have to start somewhere, but if you just pick a lane and say, okay, well, I want to work in music, right? I don't know how that, and that was my problem. I didn't know how it, how that looked. What do I do? Do I go work at a record label and hate my job there? <laughs> you know, but it's like, okay, well, I like making uh, album covers. You know, I always thought maybe I would do, I was going to redo SZA's um, Control album and just, you know, be show someone like, oh, hey, I can do this. This is what my vision is. And I think that is someplace to start. But just be like, okay, well, I really would, would love to work in reality tv i watch it all the time (coughs) excuse me and you know just kind of be okay i want to do that so you stick to it um so you know if you love my my uh friend skylar she always loved um stationary she worked at like the stationary store when we were kids and so she became she started her own little business selling stationary um for weddings now she does like event wedding planning and flowers and all that stuff like you know you man she she stayed in her lane and kind of manifested what she liked so you know just think about your everyday hobbies the things that you wake up and enjoy doing even the most mundane things go um um just pick up, you know, the task that uh, hobby that pick the hobby you like and don't think anything that you do is not something you could do for fun for your whole life. Mm-hmm. And as something as simply as knitting, you you could, you know, start an Instagram, an Etsy shop with your knitting you do, you know, and you're like, what makes me what's something I wake up every day and enjoy doing? So I enjoy music festivals I love music I love to travel I love I love going out you know with my friends and so I used to be like well that's not a real job you know like that's people are going to think like I'm you know I just want to party and I'm not serious or anything like that but you look at these people who are throwing these parties you know they're business people they're making a lot of money on their own terms and they're enjoying what they do you know what I mean and and so that's why I decided I'm like, I'm going to do this deck and I'm going to like come up with this party concept that I've always wanted to do like this niche, very, you know, specific. And I found my lane. I was like this exact emotion that I love feeling that 
emotion when you hear you know summer's walker music or any kind of that like aren't you know that that feeling and it's like um you know that you're going through a breakup or you're going through like heartache or you're going through something you know family issues and stuff like that it's but then you go out with your friends to make you feel better you know you're maybe you're heartbroken you go out and you hear that song that's like hit them up style you know like that that specific feeling cry you know I call it tears in the club um (laughs) yes very accurate feeling yeah exactly and you know that feeling that release you feel when you're out and that your that song comes on and you're dancing to it and you're like you know when your friends are around you and they're like you are that person you know what I mean like remind you who you are like I was like that's the part I want that because I've been through some like very toxic relationships and I want that I want and that feeling I had when I went out with my friends to kind of get over it um I want that party I want to know that party specifically in my mind when it's like okay I'm going through this thing this is the party I'm going to go to because I'm going to feel happy and the music's going to be of the vibe um and I just created it and it could be something like look at the see the vision of how you could make this work for you rather than just kind of like floating about okay I'm gonna I have to do this job because I have to Mm. because if you're not going to wake up every day and be excited to do it going to bed every night sucks and like the sunday scaries is even worse oh yeah and as graphic designers we get to create the world we want to live in um and so you know that's kind of how i envisioned it and i say that i say that not in a way to say like oh it's easy mm-hmm. it's not it took me a really long time to even be able to have the confidence enough to say this is the thing I enjoy doing. How am I going to make it work without the shame and everybody around me saying like, oh no, you need to go do this or you need to go do that. Once you take shame out of it, you're like, this is my world. You only have one life to live. It's you. It's your time. Do not let other people make you feel bad or dictate how you should live your life. Even your parents you know what I mean? Like they just want the best for you and you to be fine. It's their own anxiety in of it. That worry. <laughs> of that worry that you're not going to do something because they don't know what, you know, they can't visualize it. You don't see what you can't, you know, if you don't see yourself or you haven't seen somebody do that, how are you, sub, you know, going to even know it's there? Um, whereas like now when I show my parents stuff, because for the longest time, I don't think my family even really understood what I did. Oh no, they don't. I've I've actually asked my mom and it was, this was so funny. I like this recently happened too. I was sitting and um I was just talking to her about work and then I'm just like, I probably tell you all these things. You have no idea what I do, mom, do you? And I asked her too. I was like, "Mom, so what do I do?" She's like, "Oh, no, I know." She was like, "You're a graphic designer." I'm like, "Yeah, but what? Okay. You got that right, but what type of design do I like?" She was like, "You know that the, the shit like <laughs> you like a lot of things Lord. she was like you don't even know what you like to do yet and it's sad because it was true she it's was true like, but it's that's that's not a bad thing it, it especially was at your age it's like you shouldn't you shouldn't <laughs> be so tunnel vision on what you want to do because that really that stops you from being able to see all the possibilities that's true but um 
being curious is really, really important, especially, you know, at your age and being okay with being curious. Uh, you know, my friends, I let, I always felt bad because I wanted to do so many things. I was always trying this, picking this up, putting it down. And, you know, it may, I always felt bad when I did something and I didn't, I did it. Okay. I did that thing, but I don't really care about it anymore. And so now I'm done with it. Um, I would, hate myself or feel really bad be like I start you know I don't know myself but it's like instead of framing the situation like that how about you frame it like well I'm still figuring out who I am how am I supposed to know I like this thing if I if I I haven't tried it Mm -hmm. and so like a friend of mine Jazz who is a who was my project manager and one of the, the most important people in my creative journey like Jazz is the art director for Frida Baby. You know, she does such beautiful work. She's always had this very beautiful aesthetic. Um, It's very jazz in what she does. And jazz always was beautiful to me because she always just felt very like sure and confident in who she was and what she was doing. And, you know, and she just was that. granted behind that she was going through her own things but now she has like a flower company and she does like floral arrangements and she's horseback riding and she's doing all these things you know what I mean and she's made a whole business off this floral arrangement she started doing florals and now she has a little floor b- side business that she makes a little money and she loves doing it and you can see it in the work but like I, mean, I don't know how I don't know her journey with that but it wasn't like something she was doing all the time mm-hmm. but with everything that you do though you always need a graphic designer and you always need design to do it so you know maybe you want to start a line of socks you're going to need to design all of the assets you're so you know it's a base level skill that will always be needed you then just have to find the lane that you want to like suck it into and the same thing with my mom like my mom didn't know what you're doing so she's always in trying to introduce me to people and you know it comes from a place of love she's always like well this person does this thing you should I'm like mom I don't work in tv yes (laughs) I don't I don't do that thing you know but it's about educating them and again communicating because one thing she did say that I realized she goes well you never showed me what you did no I was like well I didn't think you cared or had (laughs) yes or had any interest their interest but it's like they love you. She's your mom. You know, like, obviously, like, they want the best for you. It's just, again, it's a good thing. If you can convince your mom that what you're doing is right, you can convince a client that what you're doing is right. You know what I mean? It's just about communicating and not taking it personally and not having that fear of, you know, they're not going to get me, so I'm not going to show them. But rather being like, well, have, giving them grace, being like, well, this is why I like this. This is why I did this. This is the path I want in front of me. This is my North Star where it could go. So they can see it too, because they're not in your head. Um, and if they see it and they still don't, you know, and this is a lesson for your whole life. If you go to somebody and you say, and this is boundaries, if I tell you, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. This is how I'm going to do it. And these are the steps I'm going to take. And that person is like, well, I still don't like it. Okay, well, that's your problem, not mine. (laughs) You know, dating, work, parents, all of it is, is it, you know, I'm gay. And so coming out is like a big fear. You know, you're like, 
I can't. And so I see a lot of people re like remove themselves from their family. And, you know, being in New York, everybody here becomes like your chosen family. And some people it's like, you know, people think it's a choice or they hate. But with my family, I was so afraid. And then when I came out, it was like, no one really let me see them be sad. We obviously had our growing pains. But what I, as soon as I came out, I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to let people be, I'm not going to just allow people to be uncomfortable with what I do. I'm going to show them whatever preconceived notions they had of, being, of queer identity. Like, I'm going to be there to educate them. You know, so it's so beautiful. I've gotten to this point in my mom. My mom is a very um, spiritual, religious woman. Um, God first, I am too. And like, she, you know, for someone who for a long time, you know, had, we had, this was a big issue. Like my mom now calls me from a place of, hey, I don't understand this thing. Can you explain it to me? Bisexuality is a, was a big topic, but trans identity is my mom like understands it like none other like she says things sometimes I'm like wow it's like you're in my head but it's because we spent so many years having an open dialogue mm -hmm. of hey this is what you know that's why this idea that you have is wrong and this is what I know and this is you know because I live it I see people I empathetic I know people um and it's just staying that course I see so many people just kind of give up on their family and it's so sad because it's like, well, you know, like, how are they going to learn and treat other people differently or better if you don't teach them? It does work to us, especially like the power of communication. Like it's I feel so like um, open minded with a lot of things. And I think I'm starting to notice as far as having that open dialogue with anyone and you know how like everything is connected in a way. I feel like that can work in so many aspects of your life as long as you're willing to communicate, even if people have different ideas. I feel that as long as you're sharing that communication and both boundaries are respected, like, I think it'll all be good. I feel like in this, like, world now, everything is so crazy because it's, like, you say something and then it's censored or you say something and you're scared of not talking about it. But it's, like, the point of not talking about it makes it worse because now you don't know. And then Nobody you're worried. Knows. And that's the thing. You have to have that open dialogue. And then, and I feel like also too, like you have to be willing to listen. A lot of people aren't willing to listen. A lot of people are so stuck in their idea and hearing either side of it, they don't want to hear it. But as long as you're willing to listen and as long as you're willing to just respect the other person's opinion and just let it go. I feel like that's the hard part that people don't understand when it comes to certain things. They're just so stuck in their thing and they never willing to come out and just you know view the world or ask any other questions or I think just even respect needs, it mm. I think the world needs so much more empathy mm. and I feel like that was something I always had from a very young age I just never wanted anybody to be talked to badly or feel bad because I just have always known from a young age I was different and I was told I was different and I was made fun of and I just like never wanted, I never understood that like, well, I'm hurting, so you should hurt too kind of thing. It was more so I wanted the people who hurt me to just understand why, like how it felt mm. or care that it felt. But for people that I know, I was able to look around and be like, well, I may not have that experience, but I do know what it's like to wake up and be afraid for your life and just feel like an outsider. And so I'm able to be, Okay, so I may not ha go have that experience, but 
I can ask and I can share my experience with them and I can also empathize and be like, well, this person, you know, is a human being and a spirit and you, they live in their body and, you know, nobody is a guest star in anybody's movie. Everybody's their own main character. So like, you know, as long as they're not hurting other people, that's where I get upset. You can't force your beliefs on somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, you believe what you do and authentically do it, but you cannot go and be like, my way is right and yours is wrong. It's only when you, you know, like it's very, that very MAGA mentality of like, no, you know, like <laughs> no. everybody's on this planet at the same time and we all deserve to be here. Um, and, you know, not being curious about other people is such a weird concept to me, but empathy is not as, for me, I, I've had to learn that empathy is not as common Mm-mm. as people think, you know, the, their world is very, but, and that's the beauty of ADHD is my mind thinks about things from so many different angles at any given point. You know, it's not very like linear of, I want this thing. I like food. I want this, you know, like mm-hmm. some people, especially like when it comes to music, I always love when I go to like a party and people are DJing and I'm like, so you had a house party, you invited all of these people here and you decided that the music you're playing because you like this one thing, we all must like it yes. because who are you? You know, mm-hmm. like, it's so weird to me. It's like, well, how about we think about other people? You know, I'll, okay, I, I like this song, I'm gonna play it. How about this? You know, but I know that this person enjoys um, this type of music. So I'm going to play if it fits the vibe, you know, Um, but it's a skill that a lot of people don't have. And so it's about kind of going forward and trying to like teach people or at least show people be like, hey, like there's other people out here. Disassociate, kill your ego. Um, And that I think will be great for if the world did that, we'd be in a much better place. (laughs) To be honest, yes. And as far as like, um, you know, how have you combat your struggle or as far as like, you know, dealing with the struggle of being a designer, dealing with ADHD, owning a starting a studio, all these things. Like, how have you came over that or what has helped you along the way as far as getting over your struggles? Um, well, slowing down, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, I'm not one to tell anybody to take medicine or do anything like that. You know, everybody's journey is the same. But for me, like, um, asking for help, finding a doctor, finding somebody to talk to and like trusting them enough to share my story um, and having keep having good people who I respect to keep me accountable. You know, like my best friend Yossi, we were just talking about it. He said, you know, I've always seen the potential that you have, you know, in the times where I was going to quit design he was like I didn't understand and he he was somebody who always believed in me and so you know it was always that person who whenever I was low I could show something but he also became that person where I showed when I was like not going down the path I should Mm -hmm. I knew that he was that voice in my head who was like hey like that that thing you're doing is wrong and you know I had to kind of slow down and process that um it's about a lot of retraining your brain of being like all the those things that you told yourself Mm -hmm. are are they true 
how much of my anxiety has dictated how I feel about things? Am I, it's, you know, combating imposter syndrome, figure that out, find however you need to, to get through it because you belong here and you deserve to be here. And it's something I, I always was scared. People are going to figure out that I wasn't as technically trained. I didn't go, you know, there was a class I missed. I always felt like there was a seminar everybody took that I wasn't a part of, mm. you know what I mean? And they were going to find out that I was, I was an alien in that. And I think that comes from being a third culture person where I was like, I grew up in Africa. You know, I was born in Miami. I grew up in Africa and I moved here and I always felt like an outsider, you know? And so I had to assimilate into this because I wasn't like socialized here. And the way people are socialized here is very different than where I'm from. So, you know, there was always this like, this kind of like wall but being able to slow down with ADHD getting my you know getting on medication talking to somebody learning how to like work with it mm-hmm. um and now I talk to people and it's like actually no what I realize is that not that I am an alien everyone is going through similar things they may not go is exactly what I'm doing but they have their own way and everybody's faking it till they make it you know what I mean? So it's being like, well, you, you know, again, grain of salt. You, well, you're faking it too. I'm here doing it too. So there's that and being, building that confidence in yourself. So I was talking to someone and it's like, well, no, there's so many people going through the same thing whose parents, you know, they're living in a place where their parents naturally weren't from and they're kind of feeling like they're the outsider too, but it's like, we're, oh, so we're all just outsiders yes. orbiting <laughs> but not like, you know, at we're least just not talking, talking about it. <laughs> so be like, Oh my God, you have that same issue. Mm-hmm. And so for the longest time, I was like, Oh, the issues that I have, like people here are never going to understand. So I need to go back to Africa. I need to be, but it's like being gay, going back there. Like what life was I really going to have? Like, how am I going to find a partner and all this stuff where it's like, no, now that I've just opened up and been vulnerable with people being like, I have this, this is the struggle. They're like, oh my God, like I feel the same way. My struggles with eating, my struggles with this, like all of these things, which were just symptoms actually of ADHD, just manifested in different ways. It's like, oh, you're going through the same thing I'm going through. This is how mine looked. This is how yours looked. We're all on this spectrum of life. And so that is so freeing I'm like oh wow y'all all were going through the same thing too why don't we just like call each other and say like yo for real you know, sometimes again it's that asking for help and being vulnerable enough to share I struggle with this thing mm-hmm. you know like and then you know financially was a struggle for me like finances are like you know it used to be this dark hole of like I'm just throwing things there and that's a symptom of ADHD time blindness and fine you know all of that stuff like my brain was just so working so fast that I wasn't able to take it step by step and just be like no if you sat down and just made a budget or you know budget scared me now I like love opening up an excel spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and putting all the numbers in and being like okay well okay now that I have this concrete number of what all my trips for the year is going to cost now I can like know how to like put money aside or like take on another job to just cover, you know, and just put all that money toward that. Um, and especially as a freelancer, you get to do that. I get to be like, oh, well, I really want to go to Europe all summer. How much money is that going to really cost me on my hard costs? So, okay, I'll find a branding project that will, you know, set me for all life. the costs <laughs> yeah. and that will just be my, and that's how I always like worked it in my mind where it was like, okay, well, this is my rent. This is my party. 
this mm-hmm. is my food. And so then like, I would, you know, kind of do that. Um, big tip, always try and get retainer. So at least you know how much money is coming in mm-hmm. every month rather than like just like working hourly and it'd be like an arbitrary number. It's hard for you to plan that. And for a person with ADHD, it's like hard for me to like conceptualize what that is going to do because next month I may not make that much money this month I might not so try to always like look for that boundary um because the unknown is really scary but again unknown for some people isn't scary for me it was yeah it's true it's it's been a crazy road with that too yeah and also finances have kind of been like even with being a freelancer like I don't even know what to call myself because like I'm a student but I also do freelance um but budgeting and stuff like that that does kind of like finance it's like it does make me make me nervous but that tip I'm gonna write that down because I need that (laughs) as far as like getting retainers and stuff um but okay I might be just like wrapping up the podcast like do you have any final like questions or anything like that you want to talk about I mean this has been great uh sorry if I talk you know I'm a long-winded person but I hope you know this answered some of your questions oh yes trust me it did um (laughs) and and also um so what any any final advice you have for any other listeners who are probably going through the same same struggles you are um any advice for them or young designers be confident in what you do you know don't it's never as bad as you think it is Mm -hmm. Be respectful to everyone. Communicate, like overly communicate with people. Don't assume people know anything, even the people who you have on a pedestal. You know, like don't assume they know everything because they don't. Um, and get a good process. Get a good project management system. Oh yeah, I need to do that. You know what I mean? Like don't <laughs> rely on emails. Like get a good system. Um it will change your life and it's you know and also just the small things that you put in, template things, you know, create a process because you re- a lot of people don't have them and so that will make you stand out from any job being able to like I was once told I was the most organized graphic designer I'm a Virgo and like organization is like a really big thing for me, but like I never was really that organized because my brain wasn't even organized. You know, I was just kind of like, it was like, oh, now I'm like, I was actually just one step above most people they work with because they were just, nobody invested the time in those like processes and like the start, like I told you at the beginning, like just make sure what how you start, you know, really is how you onboard a client is just as important you know, as anything for you um, and learn how to set boundaries, however that may look for you. Oh, yes. Well, okay. Well, I'm going to be wrapping up this podcast episode. Hope you guys enjoyed this and always remember to do what your art desires. And-